Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Sarah Patterson, a best-selling author, wrote, when we know love matters more than anything, we know that nothing else really matters. We move into a state of surrender. Surrender does not diminish our power. It enhances it. We are not our mistakes. We overcome our trials and community with one another. And we suffer when we pretend that we can do this alone. Pretending we are okay carries too great a price This illusion of comfort and denial or self-sacrifice is not ours to carry in isolation. There is no shame and suffering, just as there is no healing and self-torment in isolation. The moments of crisis in our lives are the crossroads of opportunities for our souls, searching and self-realization. Here is where truth meets with anguish of the ego's overwhelming resistance to change. It is here where moment by moment we have the opportunity of the mind and of the spirit to let go of what no longer suits us or each other. It is here that we have the opportunity to choose the virtue that comes from gratitude the healing that comes from compassion, that we learn to be caring for ourselves and for one another. Being mindful of this present moment for today gives us the opportunity to be compassionate for each other. Marcel Pagnon, a French novelist, playwright, and filmmaker in 1946 wrote that The reason people find it so hard to be happy is that they always see the past better than what it was, the present worse than what it is, and the future less resolved than it will be. Similarly, we may look harshly into our own lives and pass pass judgment that is harder on ourselves than any judgment that another person could carry. What if instead of judging our pasts, we embraced our today? Let go of our expectations for tomorrow. Learn new ways of thinking. Learn to embrace our love, with love, our mistakes, smile at today's opportunities, and leave tomorrow to itself. Once we are living in this present moment with compassion for ourselves, we learn that embracing our lives with bravery is love and it enables us to overcome more than we ever thought was possible. This kind of mindfulness can only be achieved 
through self-examination, through a life that is examined. One tool for this is meditation. But please, don't think me stating to you that meditation is free of irritation. What I'm talking about is getting to know yourself, being familiar with your fears. It's a humbling exercise. Let go of your ideals. Pick yourself up a thousand times. As the poet Rumi wrote, come, come, whomever you are. Though you've broken your vows a thousand times, still yet again, come, come, whomever you are. I challenge us to not only a thousand times, but a thousand times a thousand. Never stop picking yourself up. It doesn't matter if you failed once or if you feel that you are not meeting your ideals. It matters that you keep moving forward in compassion and love for yourself and one another. This is the path that we speak of. Recently, I came across a story told by Pema Shodan and her book, when things fall apart. In 1960, Pema was attending a lecture about a man's spiritual experience he had in India. He said he was determined to get rid of all of his negative emotions. He struggled against his anger and against his lust. He struggled against laziness and pride. But mostly, he wanted to get rid of his fear his meditation teacher kept telling him to stop struggling. But he took that as just another example of overcoming his, his obstacles. Finally, the teacher sent him off to meditate in a tiny hut by himself in the foothills. The man shut the door and settled down to practice. When it got dark, he lit three candles, and around midnight, he heard a noise in the corner of the room, and in the darkness, he saw a very large snake. It looked to him like a king cobra. It was standing in front of him, swaying. All night, he stayed alert, keeping his eyes on the snake. He was so afraid that he couldn't move. There was just the snake himself and his fear. Just before dawn, the last candle went out. The man began to cry. He cried not in despair, but in tenderness. He felt the longing of all animals and the people of the world. He knew their alienation. He knew their isolation, and he knew their struggle. All his meditation had been nothing more than a tool for him to separate himself and his struggle from the world. He accepted this time, really accepted wholeheartedly that he was angry and jealous that he had resisted and struggled, that most of all he had spent his life afraid. He accepted also that he was precious beyond measure. He was wise, he was foolish, he was rich, and he was poor. and he was totally unfathomable. He felt so much gratitude towards the snake that in the total darkness, he stood up 
walked forward and bowed down to the cobra in front of him. Eventually, he fell asleep into a deep, deep, sound sleep on the floor. When he awoke, the snake was gone, and he never knew if the snake was his imagination or if it had really ever been there. In the end, it didn't, it didn't matter. As he put it at the end of the lecture with Pemar Shadron, that much intimacy with fear caused all of his dramas to collapse. The world around him finally got through to him. Recently, I came across a book in my own issues in my own life that stated a following quote on Facebook, of all places. It really struck a chord with me because finally, I was ready to hear it. Never underestimate the pain of a person because in all honesty, everyone is struggling. Some people are just way better at hiding it than others. Chodron teaches us in her story that to never stop running away from our fears, move closer to them. Be there. Become familiar with them. As Zen master Kobun Shino Rushi once taught that relating to a fear, that we should agree with them. Agree with your fear. The advice we usually get, though, is to sweeten the pot up a little bit and by any means make it so that the fear and pain of our lives goes away, so that we stop feeling. We don't need any aids to disassociate ourselves from our fear. We do this automatically all too easily. When there is even the nearest hint of pain, we often spin out of control and fear. Sometimes we even check out. Facing our fears is not a measure of beating ourselves up. It's embracing our fears and self-compassion. When, however, we run out of options, we find that our lives have seemingly fallen apart. The most profound spiritual truths then become pretty straightforward and ordinary to us. There's then nowhere to hide. We see our truths better than anyone else does. We can bring, we can bring, then begin to understand that though we cannot make our fear look pretty, we can embrace the teachings that we have learned through our lives. We often think that the brave are without fear, that they are strong, that they have no weaknesses. However, the truly brave are well familiar with their fear. Allow yourself, my friends, to experience your fear. Allow yourself to face your fear and to act in spite of it. The trick is to never run away. Never run away from your fear, even when the truth is not what you thought, nor expected, nor hoped for. Nothing is ever what we thought it was going to be. Love, courage, fear, mindfulness, compassion for ourselves and compassion for one another. These are just words that point to truths that we can only know experientially. When we allow our lives to fall apart, 
This is when we become nailed to the present moment. Namaste, my friends.